Section 47 of Riverdale Stories. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Riverdale Stories by Oliver Optic. The Do Somethings, Chapter 2. One of the poor widows spoken of in the last chapter was Mrs. Lake. She had three daughters who had supported the family by working in the mills, though the oldest was only fourteen years of age. Mrs. Lake was now very poor. Before Christmas all her means were exhausted, and she had no wood nor any money to buy any with. She was thinking of applying to the overseers of the poor for help, when relief came from a quarter where she had least expected it. The day before Christmas had been very stormy, and the snow had fallen to the depth of a foot. Mrs. Lake's house was all blocked up by the snowdrifts, so that she could not get out to obtain relief. The poor widow was looking out of the window, feeling very sad indeed, when she saw half a dozen boys stop in the road before the house. All of them had shovels, and while she was wondering what they were going to do, they began to dig a path up to the front door. She was very much surprised, and wondered what had put it into the heads of the boys to do this kind act. When the boys had shoveled out the snow from the front and the back door, Mrs. Lake asked them to come into the house. "'I am very much obliged to you boys,' said she. "'It was very kind of you, for we have no man in the house to do such work. What made you do it? Who asked you to do it?' "'No one, Mrs. Lake. We belong to the do-somethings,' replied George Green. "'The what?' "'The do-somethings. We work for those who need help. Can we do anything more for you?' "'I don't know that you can. Then we will go and dig out the rest of the folks who need help,' replied George, as he moved towards the door. "'Hold on a minute till I warm my fingers,' said Frank Lee. "'Really, Master Lee, but I am very sorry I have no fire. "'No fire this cold morning? "'I haven't a single stick of wood,' added the poor widow with tears in her eyes. "'Yes, marm. Well, the do-somethings will attend to that matter at once, Mrs. Lake,' said George Green. "'And without waiting to hear any more, the boys all rushed out of the house. "'In less than half an hour,' Half a dozen more boys appeared in front of the house, drawing a sled, which was loaded with wood, all sawed and split, ready for use. They hauled the sled to the back door and carried the wood into the shed. "'God bless you, boys!' exclaimed the widow. "'I was just going to the overseers of the poor for help.' "'We belong to the do-somethings,' responded John Gray. "'What does that mean?' The boys who shoveled out the snow belonged to the do-somethings. Yes, marm, it is a society to do what we can to help those who need help. You are very kind. We are only doing our duty, Mrs. Lake. Hello! There comes the other sled. Hurry up, fellows, and get another load. Before Mrs. Lake had done wondering what the other sled would bring, it was hauled up at the back door. "'There is a turkey for your Christmas dinner. "'Mr. Lee sent that,' said one of the boys "'as he carried the fowl into the kitchen. "'The rest of the boys followed him, "'loaded with a variety of articles, "'such as flour, meal, tea, coffee, sugar, and other groceries. 
the do-somethings delivered their goods and fled, without waiting for the thanks which the poor widow heaped upon them. She was so overcome by the kindness of the children that she sank into her chair and wept. But she was not allowed much time to weep before her cottage was invaded by half a dozen girls. "'You will excuse us for coming, but we must leave these things here,' said one of them. They opened some bundles they had brought and produced some cloaks and shawls. "'You are very kind,' sobbed the widow. "'Who has done this?' The do-somethings, Mrs. Lake. I declare there is no end to the good works of the do-somethings. This morning I was in utter despair. Nothing but cold and famine were before us. We went to bed last night at dark in order to keep warm, and this was the most cheerless Christmas morning I ever beheld. But the do-somethings have made a change in everything. We shall be happy and comfortable, and we shall be grateful that the example of him whose birth we celebrate today has put it into your hearts to remember the poor and friendless. May God bless you all, children. I am sure the do-somethings, as they performed all these kind acts, were happier even than the poor widow when she saw her house supplied with so many needed comforts. The children learned that giving to the poor is twice blessed in those that give, and those that receive. We will follow the girls of this last party on their next mission of charity. They had come in a large double sleigh provided by Mr. Lee, for the snow was too deep for them to go on foot. Ellen Gray, the oldest of the girls, told the driver to take them next to the house of John Grover, who was a very poor man living on the other side of the river. He was an honest man and willing to work but he had only one arm, having lost the other two years before, while blasting rocks. Even when the times were good, it was very hard work for poor John Grover to support his family, for there were not many kinds of labor that he could perform. Of course, therefore, he had not been able to save any money to support him when he could obtain no work. The sleigh drew up before his door. But the do-somethings had not been there with their shovels, and there were no paths cleared for them. But the driver had a shovel in the sleigh, which he carried to clear the road, if he came to any large drifts, and he very soon made a path for them. The door was opened by John Grover himself. He appeared very sad and troubled, and I suppose he wondered what all these girls wanted at his house. "'Good morning, Mr. Grover,' said Ellen. "'We have come to wish you a Merry Christmas.' "'Thank you, young ladies. It is very good of you. "'But I am afraid it will not be a merry day to us, "'for our little girl is very sick with the scarlet fever.' "'I am sorry to hear that. Is she very sick?' "'Very sick indeed.' "'What does the doctor say?' "'We have not had any doctor yet. "'I suppose everybody knows that I am very poor, "'and I don't like to call in.' "'A doctor till my wife has done all she can.' "'You must have a doctor right off,' said Ellen. "'We will pay his bill, though I am sure he would have come for nothing "'if you had only sent for him.' "'Here, John,' said Flora Lee, who was one of this party, "'you go right away after the doctor just as quick as ever you can.' "'Yes, Miss Flora,' replied the driver, as he jumped into the sleigh "'and drove off as fast as the horses could go through the deep snow.' The girls carried their bundles into the house and fitted out the children with such clothes as they needed. 
and while they were there two or three parties of boys came with wood and provisions by the time they had finished their good work john returned with the doctor and mrs lee who had seen him pass and sent out to know what the matter was in an hour everything was changed in the house of poor john grover End of section forty seven recording by scarlet louisiana